Welcome to Relationships Unraveled. I'm Miranda, and I am here to help you unravel your relationships and live the life you were created for. Together, we are going to learn and grow in how to navigate the many relationships that make up our lives. We're going to do this by having conversations that go below the surface. So let's shock the norm. Let's try something different and start discovering the next step forward as we talk through life together. God created us for relationships, so it's no surprise that we learn best how to navigate them together. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationships Unraveled. I want to jump right in today with something really fun that I want to talk about. Have you ever heard the phrase or the saying, the elephant in the room? Well, today's topic is kind of like that, but the opposite. But before we get going on that, I wanted to define what that even means when someone says the elephant in the room. So I looked up the definition online and I thought it was a good definition. It said a major problem or controversial issue that is obviously present, but it's avoided as a subject for discussion because it is more comfortable to do so. So my thing is this is an accurate definition of the elephant in the room. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have used the phrase a whole lot and I've heard it used a whole lot. And it is often used when, just like it said, There's something that is clearly going on, but no one will acknowledge it. For my personality specifically, this is really hard for me to do. And so I tend to be the one that kind of calls the elephant out so we can look at it, talk about it, all those things. But surprisingly, many of us are very comfortable with the elephant in the room, taking up the room and just sitting there and not being acknowledged. But I think that this is harmful in our relationships. And I want to talk about looking at this in a way that will help us to connect with our elephants in the room. And that is to know the elephants in the room and name them often. So many times when we have a, an elephant in the room, I guess is what you'd say. We are scared of it, right? We don't want to acknowledge it because we're afraid of it for some reason, but everybody knows it's there. And if we just ignore it, we think it'll go away, but that's just not true. But we feel like in the moment, we really do think and believe in the moment that it's easier just to ignore it, you know, or we put it off. We'll talk about it later, or maybe we'll just never talk about it. But anytime we have difficult emotions or difficult circumstances, the only way to diminish them is to connect with them. And what I mean by that is to call them out, to bring them into the light. To connect with them means to say something about them, to acknowledge them, to discuss them. And so knowing your elephants that are in the room and naming them often is a strategy that you can use in conflict to diminish the uncomfortableness the defensiveness, and it really, 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 really helps. So if we don't connect with something hard, it will stay there. And meaning if we've got emotions built up from childhood that we've never connected with, they're still screaming at us. They're still spewing out in our relationships onto the people we love the most because we just simply refuse to look at them. We refuse to connect with them. And we do that for various reasons, right? It's scary. Sometimes we're just not ready. Sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes we know we are ready, but we still avoid it. And then there's this like tension inside that makes us, you know, 
not be able to be content or to feel icky and just be kind of miserable. And so knowing your elephants and naming them often is a strategy that I want to talk about today. And I hope that you'll try it in your next difficult conversation. I want to give you an example of a time that I use this with a friend to encourage them. And I think by giving an example and a story, it will help understand what I mean and how to use this and how to apply this tool. So I had a friend who was wanting to have, not wanting to, but she knew she was ready and needed to have a difficult conversation with another friend. And normally she would just avoid it, right? They just would never have the conversation and the friendship would be over. But she really was trying to change this about her relationships. And she's like, you know, I need to have this conversation. So we were talking through it. I was trying to encourage her and help her feel equipped to have this difficult conversation. So she, you know, she schedules it. The morning comes and she calls me and she's like, Miranda, I'm going to have to back out. I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. You can do this. I've talked to you plenty. You're fully capable. I said, what are you so afraid of? And she said, I'm afraid that, you know, she'll misunderstand me. I'm afraid that I won't be clear in what I'm trying to say. I'm afraid I'll make it worse. I'm afraid that she won't believe me. And I said, okay, so know your elephants and name them often. Like when you go into this conversation, introduce her to your elephants. Like that's what you do to minimize them, to diminish them, to make them smaller and less scary. So she's like, what? And I'm like, yes. So it takes vulnerability and it takes humility, but you can start the conversation by saying, I'm really glad that we're meeting. This is really scary and hard for me. I'm terrified that I'm going to say something to mess this up and make it worse. And, you know, I'm scared that I'm going to come across wrong and not be clear and you're not going to understand. And that's the last thing I want. And as soon as you say that, it kind of just brings this relief of like, because I bet you they feel the same way or maybe they thought that you might do that but the fact that you realize you could do that makes them feel better so that's that's a good example of how to do it and sure enough she calls me after this conversation and she was like oh my goodness it really did work like I, I told her I started out by telling her what I was afraid of and I named all the elephants and they got small like we were able to have this conversation and it was way more comfortable so what is required of us is to first, you know, pay attention to what the elephants are, which requires us to name what it is we're so afraid of or what it is we're so uncomfortable by. And then once we do that, we we can express this, but it takes humility and it takes vulnerability, meaning you're opening yourself up to the possibility that they could use it against you, but that is okay. That's their choice. They can use anything against you, no matter how good you state it, no matter how good your intentions are, they can still use it against you. If that's what they're set to do, they're going to do it. So you might as well lead with vulnerability and humility. I think that's your best shot. So once you do that, once you identify your elephants and you know their name, you got to tell them. And even if it's not even genuine, like even if you're seething and you just can't stand this person, right? You're not there yet. You're not in a place of humility or vulnerability. You're just real mad. And you are like, this sounds like a bunch of crap, but I'm going to try it anyway. That is okay. You can seriously still do it without even believing it. And when you try it, if you see that it goes well or you see any kind of progress whatsoever, 
it's going to shift your thoughts around it and your belief around it because you're going to experience it for yourself versus just saying, I'm just doing this because Miranda said to do it. It doesn't make sense to me. But once you experience it for yourself, you're going to believe in it more, which will make you more likely to try to get on your own without, not because I said it, but because you believe it. You'll see some kind of fruit come from your efforts. And that's what makes us willing to try again. That's what makes us experience a small win. And those small wins build and build and they create momentum forward, which is all we want. You know, we just want the next step forward. We're not looking for this monumental solution fix, never having this problem again. We're just looking for the next step forward to give us the most peace we can find and try to aim at relational wellness the best that we can. It takes time. It takes practice. So next time you're up for a hard conversation, identify those elephants and name them and see how small they get. They'll get smaller. And it's really, really awesome. And it's actually a really easy tool that you can use. And one thing I really like about it and a way that I've used it in my own personal life is that so if my husband and I are having a recurring argument or some kind of issue that we're trying to work through, I can go into the conversation. We can decide, okay, let's talk about it. We're both ready to talk about it. So we'll sit down and talk about it. And I can either go into that situation saying like, you do this and it really makes me mad. And then I do this because you're doing that. And round and round we go, right? He's going to get defensive. The conversation's a dead end before it even starts. But if I go in there with the obvious elephants and I call them by name by saying things like, listen, this is going to be a hard conversation. I really don't want to derail this time. So if you feel yourself getting real mad, let's just take a break or let's agree to, to you know, hold off. If there's something I'm saying that you find really difficult that you don't like me saying it that way, just say like, please clarify or, you know, I don't appreciate that. I know I'm difficult. I'm trying to make some changes. It's really hard for me. I see you trying to make changes. These things take time. Like those are some major elephants in the room, right? You go into the situation with a spouse or a friend or a parent, you know what the recurring issues are deep down, you know, but as soon as you say them, they know that you know, and that creates a softness that creates an ease to the conversation. Because how many times have you, you know, made a passive aggressive comment simply because you want that person to know that you know what they're doing? And you just, for some reason, it just makes you feel better to know that, hey, I've made it very clear in my passive aggressive comment that I know what you're doing. And I want you to know that I know. I mean, maybe I'm alone in that, but I have lived that way for a very long time. And that is something that I have a hard time with. If there's some really obvious truth sitting in the room, I really want people to look at it and go, hey, do you see this? Like, I want you to know that I see this. So if you think you're getting away with something, you're not. But being passive aggressive is obviously not a healthy way to go about that. But naming the elephant in the room and calling it specifically by name is a way to go about it with humility and vulnerability. And vulnerability breeds vulnerability. So if you give it, you're likely to get it back. So I think it's just a safe way to go about hard conversations. I think it's a great tool that's easy to apply and try. And I hope that you find it helpful. 
And that next time you are going into a hard conversation, you can think about it and say, okay, here we go. I'm going to name the elephants. I'm going to call them by name. I'm going to first know their name and then call it often. And it really does diminish the size of the elephant in the room. And it makes the conversation a little bit easier, right? A little bit softer, a little less defensive. Because if you call out the elephant first, then it makes them go, oh, good. They know. They know they're difficult. Thank goodness. Now I don't have to try to prove that in every comment that I make in this conversation. They already know. So now I can just feel a little bit freer to express myself and not have to worry about proving to them how difficult they are. They stated the obvious before I could. It's helpful. I find that it works every single time and it takes practice like anything else. Try it once. If it's a big flop, try it again. If you have, you know, relationships that are set up a certain way and you go into it with this whole strategy and this tool, people might think you're faking because they're like, she never does this. There's something to this. Like she's, she's being sneaky and they might not believe it at first, but I promise you after a while, it will make a dent in the difficulty of the conversations that you're having and it will point you toward progress. And hopefully it can inspire the person in front of you to do the same thing, to see how good it feels and to practice the same thing the next time they have a conversation. So I'm excited to hear about it. I want to hear about it. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know how it goes for you. If you have any questions, please connect with me at Miranda Kirk on Instagram. Email me. I want to know all the things. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Relationships Unraveled Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Relationships Unraveled podcast. If you love the episode, please share it on social media and be sure to tag me. Find me at Miranda Kirk and let's continue the conversation. I hope you'll tune in again next week.